0: Hi, everyone. My name is Troy Sage, and I'm the host of Real Estate Talk. And in this episode, we are going to discuss what's happening in the real estate market today. What has gone on? We're not going to talk politics. We're not going to talk anything outside of the scope of real estate. So we're going to discuss what's happening in the market, what buyers and sellers can expect, what's going on with loans, loan limits have gone up, inventory is low, And we're also going to discuss the new or re-emerging buzzword, shadow inventory, and what people are talking about in regards to the forbearances and the lack of foreclosures that's happening across the country right now. So let's get started right away. Let's talk about the market. So let me do a, a quick comparison here, and I'll use the greater Phoenix area as as an example, last year at this time in all of the greater Phoenix area, there was roughly 6,200 properties available. That would be single family residences, uh, condominiums, townhomes, duplexes, no no, nothing larger than a fourplex. So roughly 6,200 homes available and as of right now in the local Phoenix market, there is less than 5,200 properties available. So what does that mean in the scope of uh, the market? Well, being that, and I'm using Phoenix as an example, we can talk California as well. We can talk other states as well, where, uh, you know, where real estate is booming basically everywhere, except for some of the um, bigger inner city areas, but let's, let's get back on point in the greater Phoenix area, which happens to be one of the fastest growing areas in the country, one of the fastest growing cities. As a matter of fact, I'll throw this statistic at you. In 2018, I was at a, uh, three hour symposium with investors, with the County controller, with different, uh, very important people in the Greater Phoenix area in November of 18. At the time, there's roughly 4 million people living in the Greater Phoenix area. And they specifically stated that by 2023, they expect 300% growth. That would take the Greater Phoenix area from roughly 4,000 people to roughly 12,000 people. Uh, The good news for Phoenix is the fact that they do have the infrastructure in place for this. Uh, the roads are are, uh, all in place, the freeways are in place, et cetera, et cetera. So let me get back to my point. We have very low inventory across the country. And what happens with low inventory and high demand? Like any product, whether it's tennis shoes, whether it's, it's real estate, whether it's cars, anything that can be purchased, when there's low inventory and high demand, prices go up. And in this market today, prices are going up substantially. So I have teams in California and Arizona, so I can speak of those two areas specifically. And I can tell you that homes in both states are selling at record, record high sales prices. So why is that? It's supply and demand. Um, There are other things that add to the supply and demand or the market shift like this being a extreme seller's market. Um, One of the things is the fact that we have historically low interest rates. So I don't want to age myself too much, but I will tell you when I first started in real estate, a long time ago, um, interest rates were 1/2, percent 12%, 12.5%. And I can tell you that when the interest rates came down to nine and a half, even nine and three quarters, In Michigan, where I started my sales career and where I grew up, I mean, people were coming out of the woodworks to buy homes. Now we have interest rates at 2% and even below. So you have inexpensive money to borrow and you have low inventory. Well, that's always gonna push the prices up. You have more buyers that are able to buy homes. Here's another thing that's happened as of 2021 and that is the FHA loan limits have increased, and for those of you that are not aware of how this works is uh, the Federal Housing Administration, they put loan limits on their particular loans, and FHA is normally used for first-time home buyers. I'm not gonna get into the, uh, the nitty-gritty of FHA because it doesn't have to just be used for first-time home buyers. but historically, it was set up for first-time home buyers so they could put a little bit of money down. They didn't have to put your typical 20% down, and they could purchase a home. And the interest rates are always a little bit higher than normal. But what FHA has always done is they have put loan limits for FHA loans per county. So for example, in San Diego County in California, the FHA loan limits are almost double what they are in Riverside County. California. The FHA loan limits in Orange County, California are even higher than San Diego County, California, and that is all based on the average sales price in the county. So, I'm not going to get into specifics of what the loan limits are right now because it changes from county to county. The bottom line is this is that loan limits have increased, which now means FHA buyers can buy a median-sized home they don't have to start with the uh, uh, what we would call the, the first step or the beginner home. So we have low inventory, we have low interest rates, we have increased loan limits for FHA buyers, which has created this frenzy in the real estate market. Absolute 100% frenzy in the real estate market. So now we understand what's going on in the market What is to be expected from sellers and buyers? Well, let's start with the sellers. Most sellers, and I I will be blunt and honest about this, most sellers are being extremely cautious and in line with the market trends. So here's an example. If the home down the street sold for $400,000, for example, and the homeowner has more upgrades and they have a bigger yard, and uh, the home is just a little bit nicer or a lot nicer, they're pricing their home according to their upgrades. So a 300, let's just say a $400,000 home that doesn't have a new kitchen, that uh, isn't freshly painted, the neighbor that has the same home but has a new kitchen and has been freshly painted, they're gonna get a little more money for the home. They could get 15, 20,000 extra dollars for the home depending on the upgrades. So most homeowners are being reasonable. They're following the trend, right? So a home that sold 90 days ago compared to today, uh, the same home could have five, six, even 8% equity in it. So most sellers are being realistic, but not all are being realistic. So what's happening is, is we're having homes that should normally sell for $400,000 and the sellers and their agents or whoever's Picking the price, which should be the seller, but sometimes it's the agent's influence. They'll take that four hundred thousand dollar home and they'll list it at four hundred fifty thousand dollars. And there's no substantiating evidence of why that home is worth fifty thousand dollars more. Obviously, low inventory and lots of buyers, so that's going to create a frenzy. But what sellers need to remember is this: the home still has to appraise, still has to come in at appraised value. Uh, I just I told a client just the other day. I said, I would love to sell your home. Here's an example. Home is worth, it's a, it's a starter home, first time home buyer home. It's worth about 265 dollars to $280,000. Well, they want $300,000 for their home. That's great. If we get an offer at $300,000, that's wonderful. My question becomes to the seller, what's going to happen if it only appraises at 285? dollars Are you expecting the buyer to come in with the extra money or are you willing to bring the price down? can see the appraisal, and they're not always correct, there's, there's no perfect science to this, but the appraisal, for those who have never bought a home before, an appraisal is performed that gives actual value to the property, and that is what is given to your lender or your bank and tells them if they're what they're going to loan on. So if the home comes in, the appraisal comes in below purchase price, bank is not going to loan for the most part, they're not going to loan on any more than appraised price. So who's going to give or take in this situation? Nine times out of the 10, the seller's going to have to bring the price down. So let me circle around this whole conversation I'm having here and say that some sellers are overpricing their property, and because of the frenzy and in the inventory being so low, buyers are paying that higher price. But now what we're starting to see is that these properties that are pending, have an accepted offer, are falling out of escrow. Because the buyers aren't bringing the extra money to the table. Now, it's not all the time. I mean, I've got buyers I've worked with that they don't care about the appraisal. They want the house, they have the extra money, and they've got deep pockets, so they don't care. That's their choice. So, sellers, price your home appropriately. Remember this. The only thing, the absolute only thing that controls market value of your property or the actual price, the value of property, is the market. It is the market. It's no different than the stock market. Supply and demand. Just as an example, and I'm not going to get into semantics and and start breaking down the stock market. That's not the purpose of this conversation. The market always dictates value. So right now, yes, sellers, you have the perfect market with built-in equity in your home. As a matter of fact, in Arizona right now, what the builders are doing is it's taking anywhere, the majority of builders from 10 months to two years to give keys to a buyer that's buying new construction. So if you're a buyer and you're looking for new construction, now's the time to buy. There's actual people that have purchased homes four, five, six, seven months ago, new construction from builders that aren't even moving in. They're putting their house right on the market and making money. That's how much equity there is in homes. So I'm not not going to go down the rabbit hole Uh, and a conversation of what I predict is going to happen to the market. I don't have a crystal ball or a magic eight ball to tell me what's going to happen. Never have and never will. The market could change in a blink of an eye. We've seen it before, 2008, when the market tanked, and there were short sales everywhere, and foreclosures everywhere, and people lost a lot of money. Here's what I'm telling sellers right now. Think about this. Press your home accordingly. Be prepared to sell make sure your home is the shiny penny, everything's fixed up and looking good, you'll get top dollar. It's real simple. It's a fast, fast moving market. So as a seller, you have to have somewhere to go. You've got to have a contingency plan. If your home sells and closes in 30 days, average days on market right now are about 25 to 30 days. Some markets are showing 45 days, but remember that also includes the escrow period, which is normally 30 days. So most homes are selling in a week or two, as long as they're being marketed properly. So as a seller, be prepared. Be prepared on where you're going to go. Because buyers don't want to, most don't want to rent back. They don't want to do a 60-day escrow. They don't want to wait, right? They're spending their money. And the banks don't want to wait. They don't like 60-day escrow. So seller, get your house ready. Great time to sell. Wonderful time to sell. Cash in, make some money. But have a plan on where you're going to go and what you're going to do with your money. For buyers, there's a ton of buyers out there right now, and the number one question I get as a real estate broker is how do we get our offer accepted, right? I mean, literally, there are people lined up outside to get into almost every home we're showing right now. If 15 minutes, get in and get out. And truly, it doesn't take more than 15 minutes to look at a home to see if you want to actually pursue writing an offer. 15 minutes is a long time unless you're looking at a five, six to 8,000 square foot home. Those homes in the higher price bracket, they're still in a frenzy, but it's not like they have six, eight, 10 people lined up to come in to see the property. So for buyers, what do you do? Well, number one, make sure you're working with an agent that is going to run comparables to show you what that property is actually worth. So if it's listed at 400, but the same home in the same neighborhood just sold for 375 maybe it's overpriced maybe it's not you've got to work with an agent that understands what's going on in the market you have to work with an agent that understands how to run a true uh, uh, current market analysis so the home down the street just closed escrow last week and let's just put it like this just closed last week at three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars, and this seller's asking 400 is it really worth 400 Maybe, maybe not. Again, you have to run run the numbers. So make sure you're working with an agent that runs the numbers. Don't just arbitrarily throw an offer out there because you're excited to live in this home and raise a family in this home or whatever your intention is with the home. So as a buyer, take the emotion out of purchasing the property. Absolutely take the emotion out. Remember this, sellers sell financially. Most don't sell emotionally unless it's a divorce or some kind of probate sale right? Sellers sell. It's the bottom line, the majority, the bottom line. How much money are they going to make? Sell the house. Let's move on. Most buyers buy emotionally. True story. Most buyers buy emotionally. They walk in, they see uh, a beautiful kitchen, they see themselves raising their children or having their significant other live in the house, cooking dinner, having people over. They fall in love with the pool in the backyard. It's all emotion. It's human nature. Nothing wrong with it. It's human nature. They buy emotionally. But when your emotions come at the price of writing a check, make sure that logically you're not overspending on the home. So I I know I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole, and I do this quite a bit because there's so many things to talk about when it comes to buying and selling homes. So for a buyer, number one, make sure your agent's running a current market analysis on the property to see if it's priced low. Uh, Maybe the seller's strategy is to get a ton of offers and take the best offer. Maybe they're priced high. Maybe the seller's priced high because they're banking on this instant equity just because the neighbor sold, and now they're going to sell and their their home is, is much nicer. So tip number one is have them write or have them perform a current market analysis. Tip number two, make sure before you go looking at homes, and I've said this once, if I've said it a million times for buyers, I I teach agents across the country um, how to build their business and how to connect and work with people, right? Make sure as a buyer, you are qualified by your lender. Never, 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 never Let me say this again. Never go out and look at homes without being qualified. It's pointless. It's truly pointless. You could be looking at a home that you can't afford. Now your heart's going to be set on, say, a $450,000 home. And after you get your pre-approval, you find out that you're only approved up to four Don't disappoint yourself. Don't, Don't get your heart set on something. On the opposite side of that, I've had clients say to me, well, Trey, you know, I think I'm approved up to. I think I can get like three hundred and fifty thousand. And they start looking at homes. I start sending them homes uh, f- on a home search from my website. And once I get them pre-approved, we find out no, they can actually afford up to four seventy-five, and it's comfortable for them. So don't settle for something smaller if you can afford something more and it fits in your budget. So that's another tip for for the buyers and buyers agents. If you're watching this. Uh, uh, a video blog, or if you listen to me on my podcast. Um, the third thing is it's not the market for buyers to play games with their offer. Meaning, this never, never, never in today's market right now, and this will change, market is cyclical, it'll change. But don't say, Well, I'd be willing to spend 450 on this home, but write an offer at 425 when it's listed at 425 Because there's going to be multiple offers on that home. Think about this, buyers. If you love the home as beautiful and as unique as you are as a person, there's probably 10 or 15 other people that like the home also. You're going to get into a bidding war. This is the norm. This has been the norm, actually, for over a year, almost two years. Bidding wars constantly on homes, especially nice homes. There's going to be a bidding war a turnkey home where people move right in and they don't have to do any work to the property. Turnkey. So think about what is your best and absolute offer on that home? Write that offer. Write that offer. Make sure that you write a letter. Put an email together, write a letter. We love your home. Be specific about what you like about the home. It's not guaranteed that the seller's gonna read it. Not like the days when I first started where I got to sit with the seller and kind of remind them, hey, I'm the buyer's agent, the seller's agent sitting across the table. And I say, remember this beautiful family that came through your property uh, yesterday at noon with the two kids, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of, you know, we humanize the offer. Well, we don't do that anymore, very seldom. Matter of fact, in the last 15 years, I think I've had the opportunity to do it once. Everything's done via email and electronically. So as a buyer, write a little letter. Hello, seller. Your home at one two three Main Street. Uh, we see our family living in this house. We love what you did to the kitchen. We love the backyard. You know, our children are excited to go to the schools in that area. Whatever, whatever is a hot spot for you. Why you love that house? Write that letter. As an agent, what you should be doing is including it in. purchase package and i don't mean just in an email have a pdf attach it to the purchase agreement so that when it gets sent out it's part of the purchase agreement some agents will delete it but some won't so let the seller you know know why you love the home be honest so run a market analysis make sure your agent's running a market analysis make sure you're not overpaying make sure that you're pre-qualified make sure you write a letter to the seller of why you want to buy that property. We're going to rehumanize this a little bit by writing that letter. So there are other things that that you can do as a buyer. One is, uh, you know, here's another idea make sure that when you see a home that you like, you don't wait to write the offer. Don't wait. If you love the home and it, it, it checks all the boxes and it suits all your needs, write the offer. Because again, it's a seller's market. If you wait, it'll be gone. Same thing with new construction. In new construction, if you like the home and the seller actually has a lot available, it's happening in California, it's happening in Arizona. I can imagine it's happening in other states. The builders are so far behind, they can't release lots. There's such high demand that you have waiting lists, you have lotteries, you have all these things that you could be waiting for infinity and never get chosen to have your home built on a track home. Custom homes are different, but I'm talking average people buying a home, not talking the $10 million properties that you're having a custom builder come in on on acreage. I'm talking about who's buying homes right now, the majority of people buying homes. If you go to new construction, preferably go with your agent, because your agent can show you ins and outs on things that the builders uh, have available for you, and they can represent you and negotiate on your behalf. So I highly recommend using an agent. Um, make sure if there are lots available, don't wait to sign the purchase contract. If you fall in love with that house, lock that up right away. Leave your deposit and lock it up. Just happened last weekend, showed buyers new construction, and they fell in love, and the And the builder said, I actually have three lots available. And The buyer says, okay, well, let's do this, and did not leave a deposit. They were going to sign the purchase contract electronically over the weekend. And Monday hit, and here's what happened. They're still getting the house. But the builder said, hey, unfortunately, um, due to high demand, every Monday, we readjust our prices. Uh, The price of your lot just went up $10,000. All within 48 hours. So if you like what you see, resale, new construction, whatever you're looking at, write the offer. Write the best offer you possibly can on resale. There's not a lot to negotiate with builders right now. Just not a lot at all. So write the offer. Absolutely write the offer and get it in there and get it done. So buyers structure everything in what you're doing. Work, work with a strong real estate agent. Same with sellers. Work with a strong real estate agent. Somebody that is, has marketing in place. They're not just going to throw it in the multiple listing service and put a sign in the front yard and, and pray for buyers. That works, of course, but you want quality buyers, there's got to be some marketing involved. So choose good real estate agents to work with. Choose good real estate agents to work with. We've already talked about the historic low interest rates. How long is this going to last? yeah, I really don't know. I don't know. I have never seen interest rates this low in my entire life. In my entire career, I've never seen interest rates this low. It's almost ridiculous to not buy a home right now. Almost ridiculous. I mean, the money's almost free. Think about it. Two percent? My gosh. How many homes can you possibly buy? The challenge is inventory. Let's talk a little bit about the... Um, about the shadow inventory that people are starting to get nervous about. Shadow inventory. So what does shadow inventory mean? Uh, Shadow inventory is homes that are not yet on the market that people are predicting will hit or flood the market. So this happened in 2008 through 2011, maybe into 2012. Uh, There were a lot of short sales and there were foreclosures, and the banks were holding on to some of the foreclosures so they didn't over flood the market. Now, I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole on this because I could talk about this ad nauseum about how the market did get flooded, about what the banks did to clear their portfolios to stay afloat or whatever you wanna call it. I'm not gonna get political on this. But the shadow inventory that people are talking about right now are the forbearance, the forbearance homes. So, those of you that don't know what forbearance is, forbearance is when a homeowner contacts their mortgage company or their bank or their home loan company and asks to have their mortgage payment paused for a period of time. And if you remember back, you know, six, seven, eight months ago, nine months ago, the federal government stepped up and basically told the banks, you've got to allow homeowners to apply for a forbearance. Same thing that happened in 9, 10, and 11 when when the banks had to allow homeowners to apply for a loan mod. And if they couldn't get the loan mod, then they allowed the sellers to sell their home short, meaning that they sold the home for less than what the property was, uh, what they actually owed on their mortgage. So I digress, my apologies. So the forbearances that are happening right now, and there's a lot, do I have an exact number? No. I don't think anyone has an exact number. I'm sure we can pull some statistics somewhere, but let's, let's put it like this. There are a lot of forbearances because due to this pandemic, people have lost their jobs, they've been laid off, and the banks are allowing homeowners to miss payments. Three months, six months, nine months, whatever the forbearance agreement is. What a lot of homeowners don't realize or they're not remembering or maybe they didn't know is once the forbearance period has expired or ends, they have to start making their mortgage payments again. Bank doesn't care if they're still out of work, right? Think about this. You've lived in a home for six months, nine months, without making a mortgage payment. Bank doesn't care anymore. Now, I'm not a huge advocate for the bank, but I will personalize this. If I loan someone $500,000 to buy a home or $400,000, And I allowed them nine months to figure out how they're going to make the mortgage payment. And with all the equity that everyone's gaining in their home right now, at the end of of six to nine months, whenever the agreement expires, I want to get paid again. I need to have the money coming in. It's a bad investment that I've loaned money out or a bank has loaned money out and they're not getting paid back. So there's there's my explanation of a forbearance. What some homeowners don't realize, or they didn't read, or they weren't told, or they just misunderstood, is that forbearance comes at a price. They may not be charging you money up front, but remember, the interest, not every forbearance is like this, so don't beat me up uh, on social media for this. Read the forbearance paperwork, but I would guarantee you that most of them state that the interest is still going to to, uh, be calculated on the unpaid balance. So if you go nine months, six months without making your mortgage payment, whatever your interest rate is, you're still being charged at interest. It's just put at the end of the forbearance or at the end of your loan. For example, if you have a $200,000 loan balance and you've gone nine months without making a payment, and if your interest is $1,000 a month, when you start making payments again, or if you sell your property in the meantime, your balance on your note is not 200000 anymore. It's $209,000. you are going to pay for not making payments. So there's the explanation of forbearance. When people are talking about the shadow inventory, they're saying, what happens when these forbearances, when these people can't make their payments? Is this going to flood the market? I don't think so. I truly don't. I think people will find a way to make the mortgage payments. And think about this. Even if, even if a decent percentage of people that are in forbearance right now can't make their payments and the payments become due, the payments start again, I mean, then there's equity in the property. We've just talked about the market. There's equity in the property. They don't have to sell short, most don't have to sell short. Now, is it going to be inconvenient that they're going to have to sell their home, but they're going to put some money in their pocket? And will they be able to buy again? Sure, they'll be able to buy. Absolutely. Maybe they want to rent for a while. So think about that, shadow inventory. If right now in the greater Phoenix area, there's less than 5,200 homes and there's more than 10,000 people a week is what I'm being told. 10,000 people a week moving to the greater Phoenix area. That's 40,000 people a month and there's less than 5,200 homes available. That's from zero dollars $0 to infinity. That's single family homes, that's condos, that's up to fourplexes. less than 5,200. So what if? another 5,000 homes become available in the greater Phoenix area next week because the forbearance is up and people are like, forget it. I'm just going to sell the home and I'm going to pull equity out and I'll buy later. I'll rent for a while. It's not going to hurt our market. Will it slow it down a little bit? Maybe. Will it allow more buyers to buy? Remember, there's people lined up right now to buy homes. If there's 10, 15, 20, I mean, Heck, we we had a property listed and within 48 hours, we had over 30 offers. 30. So what if there's double the inventory? Doesn't mean it's tanking. and it doesn't mean that it's going to slow down, not with the interest rates being so low. So what about the shadow inventory? I don't even know if there truly is shadow inventory. That's why it's called shadow. No one knows. What's going on with, with the market right now? it's a seller's market. Buyers need to be prepared to write good offers, be pre-approved, have the money, and buy properties. It's frustrating for buyers right now. It's super, super, super frustrating because you got to jump on things right away. And heaven forbid those that are moving to any state from another state or from one area to another area that it's not easy for them to just go look at homes. You know, pick a good agent. Someone's going to preview homes for you. That's something that a lot of agents don't do anymore. We do it all the time. We have a buyer that's looking for a home, whether it's new construction or it's resale, whatever it is. We, we get their criteria. We start looking at homes for them. So when they come out to actually look at properties, we've already told them all about the property. There's other things in which we do too, but this isn't a sales pitch. I'm just trying to give buyers and sellers and real estate agents ideas of what to do to help your clients. Buyers and sellers, what to expect from the real estate agents? What to expect from the market right now? So it's a fast-paced market. Prices are high, demand is high, interest rates are low. You've got to plan accordingly. So that's where we're at in real estate talk today. I appreciate you listening uh, to the podcast. I appreciate you watching the the video blog, and I appreciate you passing us on and subscribe. If you or anyone you know needs real estate help or have questions, feel free to email me. My email is Troy at TroySage.com. I'd be happy to answer your questions. I answer questions all over the country all the time. Real estate is real estate. There's different contracts. There's different nuances, but the process is very, very similar. So I'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, If you have topics you'd like me to talk about, uh, again, feel free to shoot me an email. Troy at troysage.com. So, again, this is real estate talk. I appreciate you watching. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you spreading the word. And most importantly, my friends, as always, make it a great day.